Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry. The world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, y'all. Eve's here. Today's episode contains not just one, but two nuggets of history. These are coming from the TDIHC vault, so you'll also hear two hosts. Consider it a double feature. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson, and it's September 18th. On this day in the year 324, Constantine became the ruler of both the Eastern and Western Roman Empire, uniting the two halves of the empire into a whole once again. The empire hadn't been divided for all that long. Emperor Diocletian ruled Rome from 824 to 305. He had come to power after a long period of chaos and infighting and numerous assassinations of previous emperors. When he was in power, Diocletian made a number of reforms. This included dividing this empire, which was enormous, and instituting a tetrarchy, or a rule by four. This put parts of the empire under more local rule, rulers closer to the people they were actually governing, and it gave the rulers a much more reasonable area to govern. Diocletian thought the Roman Empire was just too big to possibly be governed by only one person. Another aspect of this rule by four was that if any one of the four were assassinated or died or otherwise could no longer fulfill the duties of emperor, the other three would still be there. This was a completely different setup from what had been going on in which there was one emperor who could be assassinated by somebody who wanted to be emperor instead. 
Diocletian split the empire in 286, and he ruled in the east while Maximilian ruled in the west. Diocletian and Maximilian were equals, each with the title of Augustus. Then under them were two Caesars, Galerius and Constantius. If anything happened to the Augustus, the Caesar was supposed to take over. This system did work for a time. Diocletian and Maximilian eventually handed over the reins to their Caesars, who then named Caesars of their own. Constantine was the son of Constantius, who had been Caesar and was now Augustus. He thought he deserved to be appointed as the new Caesar. But his father's Caesar was another man, Flavius Valerius Severius. And that's where things started to fall apart. After becoming Augustus, Constantius died in July of 306. Constantine, meanwhile, had campaigned against the Picts in Britain. He had also attacked the Franks. He had made a name for himself, and people expected him to be named Augustus. But he wasn't. His supporters declared him to be Augustus anyway, and the infighting that Diocletian had managed to stave off for a while resumed. This led to ongoing fighting until Constantine took control and reunited the two halves of the empire in 324. He also established a new capital, rebuilding the city of Byzantium and calling it Constantinople, named for himself. Prior to Constantine's rule, Christians in Rome had faced waves of religious persecution, but Constantine became Rome's first Christian emperor. He set to work Christianizing the rest of the empire, including assembling 318 Christian bishops to Nicaea in Turkey to discuss matters of theology and to settle such questions as whether Jesus should be considered a divine being. The result of this convention in Nicaea was the Nicene Creed, which continues to play a key role in numerous Christian denominations today. Constantine was emperor for 31 years until his death in the year 337. Thanks to Eve's Jeffcoat for her research work on today's episode and to Tari Harrison for her audio work on this podcast. And you can subscribe to This Day in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get podcasts. Tune in tomorrow for everyone's favorite Iceman. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. 
join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...with zero qualifications... She had a Harvard plaque. ...tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. ...that this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich men because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we uncover the remnants of history every day. The day was September 18th, 1895. Daniel David Palmer, a spiritualist and magnetic healer who had held several jobs, performed the first chiropractic adjustment on a man named Harvey Lillard. Palmer immigrated from Canada to the U.S. in 1865. In the States, he worked as a teacher, ran a fruit and berry nursery and apiary, and operated a grocery store. He read a lot about anatomy, physiology, neurology, and pathology. But he also took an interest in spiritualism and alternative medicine. Spiritualism was a religious movement that centered on the belief that spirits of the dead communicate with the living. While he was in Iowa teaching, Palmer learned magnetic healing from Paul Castor in the city of Ottumwa. Magnetic healing is an alternative medicine practice based on the claim that static magnetic fields from permanent magnets placed close to the body can effectively heal various ailments. Magnetic healing is considered a pseudoscience. 
In September of 1886, Palmer opened an office in Burlington and began to practice magnetic healing. The next year, he moved to Davenport and opened a magnetic healing office there. Around this time, he became outspoken about his opposition to vaccination, drugs, and vivisection. On September 18, 1895, he gave Harvey Lillard, a Black elevator operator and custodian, his first chiropractic adjustment. Palmer wrote that Lillard had been deaf for 17 years. When he asked what the cause of his deafness was, Lillard said when he bent into a cramped, stooping position, he felt something give way in his back and immediately became deaf. Palmer found in an examination that a vertebra was off its normal position and figured that Lillard's hearing would be restored if he racked it into position by, quote, using the spinous process as a lever. When he did that, the man could reportedly hear again. Palmer has told several stories of how he supposedly cured Lillard of his deafness, from a claim that he performed the adjustment in an elevator to one that he accidentally hit Lillard in the back. Soon, Palmer transitioned from magnetic healer to chiropractor. He initially attributed his breakthrough in chiropractic to Jim Atkinson, a doctor who had died years before, though he eventually began to attribute the development as the culmination of his own knowledge and experiences. Later, he created a journal called The Chiropractor. After getting suggestions from Reverend Samuel Weed, a patient and friend of his, Palmer coined the word chiropractic from the Greek words meaning hand and done. In 1897, Palmer opened the Palmer School and Infirmary, later renamed the Palmer School of Chiropractic. The first four students, including his son, BJ, graduated in January of 1902. The next year, Palmer and his son formed an equal partnership. Palmer proselytized chiropractic and was self-aggrandizing. Beyond the questionable legitimacy of his practices, he was engaged in other sketchy activities related to his business. His advertising campaigns were over the top, he faced lawsuits, and he had disagreements with his son, whom he partnered with to run the Palmer School of Chiropractic. In 1906, Palmer was tried and found guilty of practicing medicine without a license. Palmer chose to do jail time rather than pay a fine, and the property of the school and clinic was placed in the name of BJ's wife. Palmer's wife ended up paying the fine after he spent some time in jail, but BJ would not let his father come back to the school. Palmer sold his share of the school to his son and moved to Oklahoma. He became affiliated with chiropractic schools in Oklahoma, Oregon, and California before he died in 1913. B.J. Palmer considered his father the founder of chiropractic and himself the developer. B.J. was president of the Palmer School of Chiropractic from 1906 until his death in 1961. Today, chiropractic is considered a pseudoscientific alternative medicine. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Keep up with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. 
this time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry. The world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the highly anticipated 100th episode of Tank and Jay Valentine's R&B Money Podcast with artist Chris Brown. Even working with you from Carrie Hilson, Adonis. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, I was 15, 14 doing that album. So like I said, I was in school like, yeah. okay, this is how you do it. This is how you make a song. There's a verse, a pre-chorus, and then a hook. I didn't know none of that. You learned I, that over a summer, bro. That's what I, it felt like. That's what it felt like. Listen to R&B Money on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts.